and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we watch Blizzard very carefully, always studying their every move, waiting for the moment where we will continue to watch them, because that's all we do. Uh, I'm Matthew Rossi, I'm your host, and with me this week, by the way, I'm sorry I was out last week, but I'm sure I was filled in for most magnificently, um, because Anne and Alex and Joe, Joe Perez was here, and thank you to Joe for doing that, I wanted to thank him before I moved on, but since the show always goes on, I'm back, and with me this week, two simply magnificent co-hosts, like the Fjords, they are magnificent, um, first up, she writes just about everything, does about everything, writes lore, writes everything else, uh, Anne Stickney, Anne, what are you up to this week? We're here every week, like the majestic Fjarnskago. Yes. Yes. That word is actually real? Like, that's a real word? (laughs) No, it's a made-up plant. (laughs) Okay. It is a made-up plant. It does have a a pronunciation. I mean, it's Fjarnskago, but yeah. I was, like, sitting there going, is that for real? Is that a real plant? Because, like, you talk about it every week. It's one of those ones that sounds like it should be real, and it's not, and I kind of wish it were real because I love that name. It should be, I don't know, a plant or... Something you build at IKEA. I don't know. That's like I, I we'll talk about this later. But uh, also this <laughs> this week is um the the inimitable Alex Zebart, our editor in chief. Alex, hello. Up to this week, playing a lot of Alpha to get that. Uh, I wrote recently. It's on the site a world questing preview for the mm-hmm. it's the new end game for Legion, and mm-hmm. uh, grinding from 100 to 110 took the better part of a weekend. Uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing lately. Okay, uh, I was actually going to slide on to talk about that in our top stories thing, so I figured we might as well just do it now. Um, first up, the uh, top stories of this week, the biggest top story of the week is that uh, Legion finally has a release date. Um, August 30th, I believe. Yeah, that's this surprising year. to me. I'm not surprised by it, but um, I thought, I honestly feel like it's, a, it's ah, I don't want to sound I'll say, like... I'm not happy about it, but it doesn't surprise me. Well, that's the thing is, I don't want to sound like my usual bitter, grumpy self, but I have no idea how they're going to get this game out by then. Uh, you know, I think they can. Um, I've said, I think I said this in work chat, and also our behind-the-scenes podcast, which we recorded earlier today. You know, the previous alpha build, the one before the one we're in now, it felt like it was just a skeleton. Things didn't work, features weren't there, blah, blah, blah. This latest alpha build, it still doesn't feel, feel finished. But I can see some flesh on the bones. There's, they filled it out a little more. There's a couple organs in there. It's still not close to done, but I I saw actual like leap in progress happen. Yeah, I I guess I can agree with that. Um, one of the things I noticed going through, like I, I was pushing myself, but I didn't get as much time in as you for various reasons. And uh, one of the things I noticed was that they finally have. Uh, the, if you did the uh, Stormheim. Previously, you get on the boat and you just stand there and she'd talk at you for a while going, isn't this amazing? And you'd be like, yeah, it's great. We're not going anywhere. They put in the sequence where she walks you around the boat. Yeah. Uh, this is the lion side, obviously. But they put in the sequence where she walks you around the boat showing off all the stuff. They've so, implemented, yeah, a lot of that in-between stuff. Cinematics still aren't in yet, but there's a lot of the yeah. walk and talk that's been put in now. Yeah. And um, another thing I noticed that I was actually going to comment on. I was doing the, the Horde side stuff, and one of the things I noticed was that they've they've put in all of the stuff that we talked about being halfway done. Like, for instance, we, the helmets are back. Although that goblin still has a hat inside his face. I don't know. Maybe this the last is time I looked. The last time I looked, he had a top hat grown out of his head. It was kind of disturbing. That's, that's the fashion. It makes uh, him look like stuff. he has a really funky beard. Yes. Or, you know... <laughs> I'm not up, sure what's up with that guy, but anyway, uh, since you wrote the article about 
uh, world questing and so forth in Legion, um, since it's going to be, I don't, I mean, raiding isn't going away and there's going to be dungeons and stuff. So this isn't the only end game, but it is something you can do at end game. In fact, dungeons and raid bosses are a part of the system. So, I mean, it's a pretty good sign. They're not eliminating that. Yeah. So why don't you give people a run through of what you've experienced so far? Well, I there's a lot to it, so I do suggest people just go read the article. But uh, simply like whatever you do in the game, uh, PvP, pet battles, solo questing, group questing, dungeons, raids, whatever, there's something in the world questing system for you. You just open your map, and there's little quest markers all over your map in every zone, and you just decide which ones you want to do for which rewards. Um, you know, there's solo questing and solo objectives. There's group questing and group objectives that are clearly marked with a different marker. Uh, there's PvP. Uh, there's a raid, a world raid boss <laughs> involved in all this. There's one out in Asuna. It's like a sea serpent. And um, I tried to solo it. You can't. <laughs> Simply put, <laughs> you can't. Uh, so whatever you like doing, it, it's integrated into this. It doesn't just use like, oh, here's your quest hub for the next, you know, six months. There's not a little isolated area. It uses the whole world. Um, sometimes you'll be fighting things you fought while you're requesting. Sometimes you'll be fighting new things. Um, one that was really neat to me in particular was there's a quest hub in um, Valshara, Bradenbrook. And you do some questing there while you're leveling, and that's fine. But then when I got to world questing, it sent me to Bradenburg. Like, am I just going to do the same thing? And it was kind of the same thing, but they added other objectives and new elements to make it a little bit different than how you did it while leveling. So, yeah, just instead of using these little slices of the world for max level content, they use the entire game world. The entire Legion game world. You're not going to do, like, world quests in Westfall or whatever. I like Bradenbrook, but it's mostly because, oh my gosh, they're using Gilnean architecture again. So, anytime I see that out in the world when we're leveling and stuff, I get really excited because I love the way the houses and buildings look in Gilnean. Yeah, I love that place. I wish we spent more time in that place. The questing there is quite brief. Yeah, it's it's a small subsection of Al-Shara. Uh, I actually, one of the things that's been the most interesting to me about the whole release of Legion and the maps and everything is that we finally have a definitive answer for where the Broken Isles are, and they're basically right south of Howling Fjord, like right south of it. Yeah, they're yeah. right there. Could, could, we could easily have been sent to these places from Howling Fjord, like they're as close. They're closer to Howling Fjord. In some places, they are closer to Howling Fjord than they are other places in the Broken Isles. And I've heard a lot of people be like, "Well, if you know." If they were right there, how did we not see them before? And it's like, because I we didn't, we just didn't you, want to go there. <laughs> we didn't take a boat past them. It was not that big a deal. You, you can be like, there's parts of Scotland that are closer to like, you know, the North Sea and even like, like Iceland than they are. You know what I mean? There, there's lots yeah. of places like that in the world where you just, you're right there, but you don't go there. It's and the other reason we haven't been there before is because we didn't feel like going there. Nobody wanted to. I mean, now we're there, there's we nothing have. there. As far as we knew, there was nothing there. Just kind of, you know, evil stuff. Well, I mean, look at Stormheim. It's absolutely full of hostile Vikings. Yeah, why would we want to go there? <laughs> we already had plenty of those. We didn't need more of them. Like, oh, God. Oh, boy, more Angry... people. No. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, though. Going through Legion and, you know, the release date, I, I, I do have trouble with the idea that that's when it's coming out. I have a hard time believing it, but that's beyond the point. I, I honestly feel like it's too soon, but I mean, I will see when it comes like, out. I would like it to be a lot sooner. I mean, it's crazy that we're waiting 14 months. Again. I don't, 
but believe that it's developed sufficiently. No, for that, no, I, I don't think so either. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I would like them to have finished it faster, but clearly they haven't. And yeah. looking at the alpha, uh, you know, August, September seems reasonable to me. I mean, uh, un- right up until the announcement, there are still people who are like, it's absolutely going to launch in June. It's going to. And no matter how much I said, guys, that's impossible. They were adamant this thing's going to launch in June. And I'm sure they're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I, I understand people wanting it to come out sooner, and I understand people not wanting to wait the amount of time they have. Um, but one of the weird things for me is the August 30th date really feels like it might as well have waited until September. <laughs> it's like August 30th, really. Wow, we'll get to play it one whole day in August. Um, <laughs> hey, kids, going back to school. <laughs> Don't sleep for two days. That's, a... that's your time. Yeah, I think, well, I mean... The pacing is okay, though, because the movie comes out in June, right? Mm-hmm. Movie comes out in June. Theoretically, somewhere in July, we're going to get the pre-patch for Legion where we get to play through all of the stuff like we did with Warlords of Draenor, mm-hmm. where we got the pre-patch. And then, you know, August will have the expansion. So the summer will be filled with some stuff, I guess. Having, I'm going to, all right, well, you should probably like at least talk about that a little bit. They, they also put in... The uh, the first part of the alliance side of the Broken Isles. Event. I don't want to talk about that because I haven't not done it yet. St- not not doing story. I don't want to talk about story, but what I want to talk about instead is how it's integrated, because uh, it's very similar to how we did the Warlords pre-launch thing. You know the the but not the part where you just wander around. Um, it feels much more like the suicide mission into Draenor did than in then the you know let's wander around the blasted lands and fight random people for a while until we can get the portal open this time it feels like the pre-expansion event starts with that do you know what i'm saying yeah it, it feels like something you could do before the expansion is out well, you, and I you know, do it you go home i know that um as far as the pre-expansion stuff goes there's some of that implemented in the alpha right now like if you go to well you saw it alex when we were running around various areas of azeroth and all of a sudden it was like oh there's big legion citadels just kind of plop down in the middle of nowhere here that's interesting you know that kind of thing um well you me and mitch did that yeah well we did it too i I wasn't there for it but i know what you're talking about was it was it you me and mitch i thought you were there with us alex no No, i wasn't there. there oh okay I thought that was during our whole fishing thing. Maybe that wasn't. No, the fishing was all... That all kind of ran together. (laughs) Fishing was just fishing. Just fishing. We we seriously only did fishing for four hours. But yeah. Yeah, If I I had been there for that, you guys wouldn't have seen me. Because I would have been like, this is boring and left. um, I'm not a fishing guy. But yeah, so it feels like there's going to be, you know, some world event stuff and then there's going to be this Broken Isle thing. From from what I understand, that Broken Isle thing, that's actually part of the pre-expansion stuff, I thought. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's that they've said pre-expansion. Okay. But it feels a lot more like the suicide mission did. It feels a lot. It feels like they looked at what they did last time and said people didn't really care about the wandering around the, the Blasted Lands bit. Let's shove them straight into the meat grinder. And I, th- I think... These these pre-expansion events, I think they should be big and bombastic, and stuff should happen that doesn't normally happen. Whereas yeah. the Warlords pre-event was just like, go do a couple quests, and it was like any other thing. The Warlords one, I mean, I really do feel like the going through the portal and f- the suicide mission on Draenor should have been the pre-expansion event. Except then it would the problem with that one was quite simple: they didn't have an out. Yeah, you know, you couldn't then then you go home. How? Well, through the portal, Cadgar makes. What was the point of this again? No, nothing. 
<laughs> yeah, the way it ended, you couldn't really do that. If they had done like yeah. a first first attempt strike or something like that, where you go through and then you come back before you and you, yeah. you know, the end of it is this conclusion that okay, we are going to have to go through and destroy the dark portal on that side. Or why and, was why wasn't it actually an invasion? Like the, this invasion didn't get very far, did it? No, they, they, they kind of loitered around the blasted lands mostly. The, the the problem with that one was quite simple. So we were doing we we're basically doing the Normandy event, like it was like Normandy and D Day, except the other way around. Like we were the defenders and we stopped them, so it didn't feel like much of anything. Did you guys like they, notice? They got Black Rock Mountain. Did you guys notice that uh, on the Alpha there appears to be another dungeon available that we haven't done yet? Which one? Court Court of Stars. I had not heard of it. Yeah. Isn't something from Suramar? Yeah, it is, but it's not the oh, one that we Surmar did. Just open. Yeah. yeah, Suramar just open. Yeah. It, no, Suramar isn't open yet. But I think is that it? No, but I think that dungeon is open and maybe we should do that this Thursday. Well, I'm thinking I, I'm logged in to the alpha right now cuz that's like our placeholder image while we're live streaming this podcast. I just opened my raid finder and Court of Stars is listed, but it's the only one on my list locked and says you do not meet the requirements for this dungeon. Oh. I'm level 110. So. Well, then I guess we aren't going to do that. So we'll do it eventually. Really we'll do but that yeah. eventually. In, in general, in general, what we know right now is we've got the uh, the August 30th date. Um, I'm just going to straight up. I've already gotten Alex in my slot, so I'm going to straight, straight up turn to Anne. Do you think it'll be ready for for August 30th? Do you feel like that's a good date? Yeah, I the the latest the latest patch that they had, like Alex was saying, they fleshed things out a little bit more. I think they're through all of the whole. Let's test the tech, test the tech, test the tech, make sure it's working correctly. And now that it's working correctly, they can start rolling out and implementing some of the stuff that they've been testing. Because that tech that we've been testing out, that stuff that we've been testing out, isn't necessarily for that one thing that we saw it applied to. There may be different systems in place that it's also going to work with, but they wanted to make sure that it works initially before they started adding any other stuff the, with it. You know what I mean? The thing, I'm, the thing I'm mostly concerned about, and I think is going to see a lot of changes after it's live, is class balance and class stuff. Right. I mean, they're doing a lot to classes, and some. I mean, there's still some of the classes, like, I still have some serious problems with how some of them play. Like, they really want to push soul shards for warlocks, and I think soul shard generation is gross. Okay. Uh, just the way it works is bad. So I expect there's going to be a lot of balancing done after launch. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, uh, I mostly play the warrior on the alpha. I've played paladins a couple of times, and honestly, I I couldn't tell you. Like, I have yet to feel like I understood what I was doing on a rat paladin right now. But in terms of warriors, I feel like uh, rage generation still isn't where I would want it to be. And uh, there's some other stuff like survivability is way down. They nerfed it pretty hard, and now it's pretty bad. Can I finish so, what I was trying to say? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were I done. I thought you were done. So that's why. No, you it. actually <laughs> walked all over me, Alex. That's what it sounded that like was. you were finishing. I'm I sorry. I wasn't finished. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't know. The, the stuff that they're rolling out, that latest patch that they rolled out, started to flesh things out a little bit. And. I feel like it worked this way in Warlords, too, where we were stuck in one spot for a really long time. Like, there was a point in time there where all we were allowed to do was the starting zone over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden, when they started unlocking other areas, it was like, bam, 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 and then release. And I think that's what we're going to see in the next few months is just this kind of avalanche of stuff being released and rounded out and things. Do I think I classes hope. are, like... 
100% complete. No, I don't think that they're there quite yet. Um, I imagine they will probably still be, you know, refined even after the expansion comes out or during the whole pre-launch stuff. Because that's when they usually release the new systems is that pre-patch, right? Yeah, I'm just hoping you're wrong. I'm hoping you are not saying that they're going to do the resets like they did in Warlords. No, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, But they basically have. I know with Warlords, they haven't like with Warlords. It took them till almost the end of the beta to actually implement um, account copy. So you could copy over your character and see how everything worked. And they still haven't done that with the beta for Legion yet. Um, But I expect to see that open up in the next couple of months here. I don't think it's going to open up like too much in front of actual release, though. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to I was actually going to move on to the Overwatch because they're we're talking about betas uh, and the Overwatch closed beta is ending on the 25th, which is in like six days. Yeah, six days. And the the open beta will be opening shortly thereafter. And releases the end of May, May twenty, like May twenty second. I want to say no, twenty third. I don't. End of May. Yeah, and th- that's actually interesting because the closed beta basically stop. It stops this week. The open beta pops up like next week, and then from the open beta to release is a month. Like that's the shortest yeah, beta mind, I can ever hear them doing. Right. Keep in mind that between the end of closed beta and the beginning of open beta, there's also that whole little pre-beta, that two-day period where people that pre-ordered can go ahead and get early access to the open beta if they haven't yet. But, um, yeah, it's pretty much open beta for a month and then, boom, launch. Which, honestly, the game is pretty solid right now, so I don't see a problem with that. I'm not saying it's a problem. I just think it's interesting in terms of how Blizzard, you know, approaches betas. It kind of feels like... I. Have we heard any announcement that the, the Legion Alpha is going to be the Legion Beta at any point? No. Like, has anyone said, we're going to switch this to Beta now? No, but <laughs> I know that Kaplan made a point when they first announced the Beta and talked about how the, and I'm talking about the Overwatch one, how the Overwatch Beta was going to work. He said it was going to be more like a traditional Beta, like the ones that they used to do. And that kind of implies that they're not doing the same kind of thing now with other games necessarily and i think it's just a matter of these are two different teams two different titles so they're kind of running things a little bit differently as far as testing goes definitely find it interesting that overwatch will be out um so close after it's it's open beta announces well i I I kind of get the impression they wanted legion in beta already officially beta because they gave out those beta keys in europe they can't use those yet they gave them out like a month ago they can't use them yeah it it is interesting I, i don't I feel like if I feel like the alpha has to become a beta at some point, like you just. I want to say another month, like maybe the end of either the end of this month or the end of next month. We'll see Alpha or Legion pop over into beta, so people can use their keys. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, just. But yeah, that's um, there was the whispers of the old gods uh, was also given an announcement, a release date, wasn't it? The whispers uh, expansion uh, for whispers Hearthstone. Whispers of the old gods. Yeah. Um... It was basically unofficially announced previously. Uh, they finally said April 26th, but uh, the Battle.net store for a while now, if you go to buy any of the card sets that are not included in standard mode with Whispers of the Old Gods, uh, like Curse of Exoramus, if you go to buy that adventure, it tells you, hey, you can only use this in wild mode April 26th. And it said that for a while. So I mean, April 26th has basically been known as the date 
Uh, it's only they finally said, <laughs> yes, that is the release. And it's not surprising everybody. Everybody already knew. Blizzard just wouldn't say it directly. It was sort of like the BlizzCon announcement. <laughs> yeah. Everybody kind of already knew when BlizzCon was going to be. We just didn't get anything official yet. But all of the tournament stuff was saying that it was going to happen on this day. It's like, well, that happens at BlizzCon. Therefore, you know. Right. It was that same yeah. kind of thing. Like, like all the esports stuff. It's like, hey, it's happening this weekend. It's like, okay, well, that happens at BlizzCon, so it must be. I should also mention, because this just happened literally while we were getting the pre-show set up. Um, if you pre-ordered Overwatch, if you pre-ordered the Overwatch Origins Edition, you know, the one with the bonus baby Winston pet, you can log into World of Warcraft right now and get your baby Winston pet. It's there. Yeah. And he's so cute. And Tracer is in Heroes of the Storm today for pre-orders. I played a few matches, not as Tracer. I just played some Heroes this afternoon. And uh, every single one of my games had a Tracer in already. So. Of course. Did you see her she, dance? I did. She does not flash dance. I saw the video. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. I, my favorite dance is still Zool's dance. He does like the spooky, scary skeleton thing. Really? Yeah. I haven't You're seen like, that. I need you to go look that it. up it's later. Weird. Yeah, go go look for it. It's awesome. I'll go look that up later. But yeah, if you pre-ordered Overwatch and you've been waiting for your baby Winston pet to arrive, go log into WoW right now. It'll deliver it to you. It does deliver it as an item in your bags. It doesn't automatically put it in your pet journal. Just as a heads up. You have to click on it to learn it. But you only get one. And that's typically how these work, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, that's, yeah. I remember that being, that's how my uh, Gladiator Murky worked. But yeah. Okay, uh, going to move on to emails at this point because we are rapidly approaching the halfway point of the show and haven't read any yet that's fine um, i mean when we have news we have news no i'm just i'm just saying moving on uh for, as is usually the case you can send emails to podcast at blizzardwatch.com we love getting emails on any topic so feel free to send them on in as we just displayed we can talk about other games hearthstone or overwatch or what have you heroes of the storm when it doesn't have to be a wow question uh we, we answer those too obviously but pretty much anything you want so Podcast at BlizzardWatch.com. Send us your emails uh, because we like answering them. Our first email is from, I want to say, Resurrecture. That sounds like. Does that seem right to you? That sounds yeah. right. Res- Resurrecture, uh, Warlock, Thrall US. That's and... a weird name for a warlock. Well, he's very positive. Soulstones. Okay. I guess. Aloha, Watchers. I had a couple of questions. First, what do you think uh, a fell Batani or fell Genosaur would look like? It's been bothering me that, you know, all the other Draenor races or, and species were, you know, represented in HFC and, you know, Tanan, but the bigger plants guys, you know, were ignored. It, it feels like a missed opportunity to do some, you know, haunted jungle style creatures. W- what are your thoughts? I um, think they would be green. Yeah. Quite frankly, can I, can I just come out and say this? Hellfire Citadel is the most boring color palette they've ever done. It's so very green. And I don't hate green. I think green's fine. But just the, the almost, it made me, it felt like an old monitor. Like, you know the computers you see in Fallout? Are you talking about, like, yeah. inside? Yeah, inside. Okay. Like, I'm not talking looking at the thing. I'm talking about when you're doing, like, I was going to say, the jungle, I enjoyed the jungle because I was like, oh, no, no, greenery, the, scenery, this is great. The jungle stuff is fine. I actually, I'm, I'm still willing to go run Tanan sometimes, you know, in a mood. But HFC itself, the, the boss fights were just, I kept thinking to myself, oh, God, you know, every so often they'd be like, OK, this is a council fight. That's kind of cool. But no, big robots stomping around a big gray place and green stuff will be splashing up from the ground. OK, now we have a big rock elementally, dude. Now he's got green stuff everywhere. 
Uh, and he splits into different colors, but it's still kind of like black and then like a lot of green or a lot of orange or a lot of blue or whatever. I just really felt like, I feel like they kind of lost their way on the color design of that raid. I really, the one that really got me was, um, oh, bloody hell, Kilrog. Like the Kilrog fight. Have you guys, have you guys seen Kilrog? Like yeah. maybe in LFR? Like I, did, did you like, is this not the most boring color design they've ever done? The Kilrog fight? It's kind of muted. Yeah. A little and kind of color on color on color. It, it's not, I, I have to say, Fireland still wins for me, hands down, in terms of there's so much of one color that it's bleeding out my <laughs> eye sockets. Like, yeah, but the red on red Fireland's on red has, on red. But Fireland has different reds, at least. No. I, I know that that's still, not saying a whole heck of a lot. It but, still bothered me. That um, whole zone why, bothered think, me. In, in Legion, in, in the Legion Alpha, um, I think this is why, like, there's still the neon green. But depending on what part of the Legion you're dealing with, the neon color changes. You see neon green, and sometimes you see neon purple, and sometimes you see neon red. Uh, since we're on the topic of plants with, like, the Botanian stuff, where you're mostly dealing with, like, fell corrupted plants in Legion is related to the Emerald Nightmare. Uh, and that's actually red. So all of, all of like, the treants and stuff that are taken over by the Nightmare, they are neon it's red. very bizarre that it's red, too. That was not... I actually, it was a fun story from BlizzCon, right? Um, I was talking to one of the developers and we were talking about the Emerald Dream and the Emerald Nightmare stuff. And I was talking about the concept art for the Emerald Nightmare and, and how it looked. And I said, mm. that is not the color palette I would have gone with. And it kind of works. It does kind of work in a way because it's, it's red, yes, but it's not like a shade of red that we've seen before. Most of the red that we've seen has been, you know, Molten Core, Blackwing Lair, Firelands bright fire engine red and this one's kind of a little bit more pulled back and a little bit cooler it looks very much like a plant red well, right in in game in legion it's it's neon red like that is like if you go to a bar and there's an open sign it's that color it's red. that color red but it's more on the cooler end of the of the spectrum than the warmer end of the spectrum and i just i found that odd cuz i'm sitting here going emerald nightmare i automatically associate that with like a darker green or a black like a shiny oil slick black or something like that i don't i don't stick red in there so it was just a weird color choice for me but the more i see it the more i like it yeah and even yeah. in the, the warlock class hall at the very start of alpha it was pretty much all green like it was dark it was like dark green rocks and bright green spell effects yeah i really for me that's they've added the that purple and red now I think I think that's a good choice because, like I said, some of the Hellfire fights, I was seriously feeling like I was staring at like Zork. You know, you see a monster, approach monster. I mean, the color scheme was exactly the same as one of those old two-color monitors. Yeah, I'm like, a fan you know, of it. Open mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a lot of people weren't big fans of the color palette in Burning Crusade. Everything was so bright, but I really liked it. And seeing that carried over in the Burning Legion, where it's all these neon bright like striking colors. I love that. I Burning Second. Crusade oh, I think sorry. was probably Burning Crusade I think was probably one of my favorite color palette like because every zone in Burning Crusade had a distinctly different palette, like a wildly different palette. Hellfire Citadel, you get in there and it's all red and very stark and then you get into Terracar and it's like this cool turquoise color and you get into Zangermarsh and it's those bright blues. And then Nagrand is all just green scenery and gorgeous. And then you get you get up to, uh, oh my gosh. Netherstorm. Netherstorm, thank you. Netherstorm is all just like electric purple and things in the sky. It was it was just 
the variety. I loved the variety. And that carried over with the raids, too, because Serpentrine Cavern looked nothing like Tempest Keep. And neither right. of them looked anything like Black Temple. Like, it was all just visually... There was, there was a big visual difference. And I liked how that worked. Um, uh, and I know, and like, thematically, you kind of want to carry the same theme throughout the expansion or whatever. But I like the differences. I think that really... And especially when you're a raider... And you're hitting these zones over and over and over again. It's nice to get to a new raid because it's nice to get that break for your eyes. Yeah, I honestly, I, I we should move on to the second part of this question. So, yeah. um, I, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, second, I have a few friends who have you know shown interest in WoW enough that maybe you know make a, cha a challenge mode group uh, between us. And some of my existing friends, uh, I was wondering. Uh, if the, I was wondering if there was any good, you know, idiots' guides to tanking primers out there, uh, since I would be probably end up in, in that role. I've been in the game, you know, long in the longest, about uh, three to four years on my, on my on and off, and I think it would, you know, be cool to to learn a new role. I'm gonna finally say something that most tanks won't tell you; they won't admit. The basic nuts and bolts of tanking is moron simple. Push your and, buttons. Because I'm a moron. And I can do it. And I've been doing it for years. The basic situ situation is this. You hit things. You try and hit things before anybody else hits them. If you have an ability that will hit everything, you use that ability to get everything focused on you. And then you just kind of switch between things and hit them. And you use the ability, like when you've generated enough of the resource that you get from hitting things, you hit a button to make yourself take less damage. And that's it. Now, there's a lot more to it. But that's all, like, built on the foundation of what I just said. And that's all you have to do to tank. Hit things, try to hit as many things as possible, um, and you switch between things to make sure everybody's mad at you. And once you've got a full X bar, whatever it is, whether, you know, whatever your class resource is, you hit an ability that makes you take less damage. Yeah, I think the, the actual playing the tank role is not difficult at all. It, it, the yeah. thing that comes up is... The two people in the group who are in the best position to see if anybody else is behaving like a bonehead is the tank or the healer. So it becomes stressful to play the tank or the healer just because you have to tell everybody else to stop doing the boneheaded thing that's making your job harder. But your yeah. job should be easy. It's only difficult when somebody else is doing the wrong thing. And it really comes right down to that. I mean, I could I could sit down right now and I could write up a, a Legion hanging guide that would basically work for most classes. And it would basically just be me taking a thousand words to write what I just did, what I just said to you, I could write it up in about a thousand words. And that's, that's it. It's not the hardness, the difficulty of the tanking role comes in stuff that is specific that I can't tell you about because I won't, it's as simple as like, you know, tanking spine of Deathwing was very different than say tanking madness of Deathwing. Madness of Deathwing was easy. So spine of Deathwing made people quit the game. I ended up a main tank again on Spine of Deathwing because everybody suddenly didn't want to tank anymore. But you were a really fight... good tank. <laughs> yeah. That fight broke people, though. I only ended up tanking on that fight because literally suddenly nobody was there. Like, all our tanks were just gone. They Did just were like, they I can't all, do it. They all mysteriously came back again after we beat them. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I noticed. I noticed. Um, and that's the thing. It's just like... Tanking will always be about learning how to use your toolkit on a specific fight, which is something that we can't really give to you until you've until we have that fight. 
Like, you know, okay, this fight's a heavy ad fight, but there's a phase shift on the boss. You and the other tank have to taunt trade him while you're managing the ads. That's the, that's the hardness of the role. But that's not, you know, it's like, it's like you know, on paper, DPSing is real simple or healing is real simple. The complications come on a specific fight basis. Like, if you're a melee DPS in a fight that, you know, the boss puts out a pulse that kills everybody in melee range every 45 seconds... Yeah, I, I, you got to get out of range every 45 seconds. That's not something that the st- that's not your rotation. That's not the basics. That's a specific fight issue. You'll have it's, to know, you know. The basics are kind of universal, but what you do with those basics varies depending. It varies with every fight. Yeah, and with every boss encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So right now, just go tank, and you you will basically the basics will come to you in like you know one or two fights, and you know. It's a group of friends, right? So they'll put up with you learning it, hopefully. If they don't, then they, you know, that's kind of a problem. Yeah, but once you get the basics down, it really is just a matter of learning how to adapt to a specific situation. Like when we were doing, um, I want to say Violet Hole, but I'm wrong. Uh, Vault of the Wardens. When we were doing Vault yeah. of the Wardens and Alex and I were switching off tanking, the, the there's a fight in there where he does different things. Like there's different... Room, like I don't want to say rooms, but like like rooms off of the main room, he can go over to them and let out a different group of ads, and they require different situations. You have to like we had to like come up with plans for them on the fly. That was hard, but both Alex and I did it fine. Neither of us had problems tanking it. It was just a matter of figuring out okay, which ads do we get? What which ones have to be controlled? Which ones have to be killed? How fast do we have to kill them? Which ones can we just off tank and let go? And That's as not... far as DPS is concerned, it's which one do I have to kick? Which spell yeah. is it on which ad? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's stuff you pick up. It's not anything you can read about. You Because you just go in, you, whatever abilities you have, you just learn how to apply them to a specific fight. Um, so guides can be written, but in the end, it basically comes down to use your abilities to get things focused on you. Hit them to keep them focused on you. When you have enough of your resource, make it you know, put up an ability that keeps you from taking damage or getting killed. That's it. That's how active mitigation tanking works. And it's how it's worked since mists. And it hasn't changed in Legion specifically. They've done, they've changed it on a a numbers basis. Like they've nerfed some abilities, but they haven't changed how it works. So if you want to learn how to do it in Legion, go out and tank right now. And you will have a good grounding when Legion comes along. Uh, Keep up the great work. Uh, Love both podcasts. Uh, Brightens up the morning to, to see the, uh, one item downloading on my phone. Sorry, I that have, I had a problem reading that for some reason. Uh, knowing I'll have you know another hour to listen to you, you know, guys geek out. Uh, resurrection, resurrection, uh, warlocks are all us. Thank you, resurrection. We appreciate it. Um, next email. Oh man, I'm having a hard time pronouncing names today. I'm gonna say area. You think area? Area sounds, sounds right. And this is from area. Uh, hello, watchers. Uh, a question for Anne and of course any other uh, role players on the pod. Do you weave uh, your breaks from WoW into the narrative of your character? For example, um, if you decide to not sub for a month or two, do you explain this in game with your character going, you know, on a dangerous mission, uh, taking, you know, a vacation or something? Uh, I don't RP myself, but after I took a break from, uh, you know, WoW between uh, the beginning of Cataclysm and the launch of Warlords, I decided that my orc warrior had spent that, you know, time drinking in the Orgrimmar slums. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny to me. Uh, depressed, uh, depressed because you know she helped save the world 
uh, you know, from the Lich King, only to have it blown up by the death, you know, by Deathwing right after. Uh, when the dark, you know, portal opened uh, to old Draenor, she decided to go see for herself, you know, if all the uh, tales she grew up with about the uh, fierce orc warriors were true. And thus, you know, both she and I were, you know, back in the heat again. You know, um, thanks for a great podcast. Uh, best wishes, Aria. So since he, since, since she, this was aimed at Anne, I'm going to just say, Anne, you, you want to answer it? Yeah, um, I do and I don't. I, I kind of... Maybe I cheat a little bit. Uh, I play a rogue as my main character, and then one of my alts, the one that I primarily roleplay with, is a shaman. So both of those guys have really great excuses right off the bat for just disappearing at a moment's notice. The rogue's off doing shady things, or the shaman's off on a spirit quest, one or the other. Um, so usually if I'm going to take some kind of break or anything like that, it's not... it's not usually a I'm going to unsub from WoW for a couple of months kind of thing. It's more like... I'm going to go take a trip or I'm going on vacation or something or I'm going to be gone for several weeks because I'm very busy with work stuff. And if that happens and I'm actively role playing with a group of other people, I just have my character tell them, I got something I got to go take care of. I'll let you know when I get back how it went. And they don't give any details or anything. They just leave. That gives me time to think up what they're doing while I'm gone. <laughs> so when I come back, I can just fill it in with whatever and it doesn't really matter too much. Um, it's not too hard to explain a short absence. Longer absences are a little bit harder. Um, longer absences are usually, usually involve, I'm going to go live somewhere and have a quiet retirement. And then if I decide to bring them back again at some point, they've decided to come out of retirement. And it's kind of a simple answer. That covers any situation. Oh, I know Alex plays in an RP realm, so I'll ask, see if he wants to comment on this one. Um, I think it's really up to you whether it's something you want to do. I, mean, I don't think you have any obligation to explain any RP absences unless you've like bounced on a regular group that came to rely on you being there or something. Yeah. Um, if you think it could be a cool thing for your role play, like explaining where I was or what happened, if you think that adds to the experience if that if that's a cool story to tell go for it um if you just feel like you have to do it because you unsub for three months you don't have to just start playing again yeah if you nobody role-playing with is really gonna care that much if you're if you're playing with a regular group of people like people whose stories you're actively involved with and have a part in and you're doing something with it then yeah you want to let them know that you're leaving one way or another and you don't have to give them any kind of a detailed excuse as to why you're leaving. Usually you can just pop in a, something came up and I got to go with, with your character. And then when you come back, if you want to explain it, you can figure out what happened while you were gone or you can just return and make that first role play with people catching up on what they were doing while you were gone. So you can get back into the story and plus it gives them something to do because they can talk about all that stuff they did while you were gone. So, and yeah. I, I think uh, if you're playing with a regular group, I think more useful than the in character excuses or explanations is out of character ones. Oh yeah. Make sure you tell people that oh, I'm just going to be gone for a while. See, I'm working with the assumption that you're telling him out of character. Yeah, I need to take sure. a break from the game, so I need to write my character out for a little bit. Here's how I'm going to do it, you know. <laughs> Just making it's, sure. It's weird because I don't RP much, like, especially not with groups. The only people, like, uh, my wife and I used to RP quite a bit, but I don't, like, I don't do it much with groups because I don't know that many people. Um, 
oddly enough. And even when I played on RP realms, I always ended up in gr- in like groups that didn't RP, which was always kind of disappointing. You're like, I'm in an RP realm now, and nobody wants to RP. This is this is during. The only time I really got seriously into it was on was in Warlords actually because I couldn't not RP everything my character was doing. Yeah. Or it was just like, nope, sorry. This is where I, I started writing stories from his perspective. I started like you know RPing in in like pugs. By the way, man, pugs. Some pugs will be surprisingly game to go along with you. I always assumed that the pugs would just ignore me because when I RP'd on my Torrin, people would just kind of ignore me. But when I was RPing on my Draenei and Warlords, people were down. People were yeah. like, surprisingly down to like go along with like my crazy rant through Oshindun. <laughs> you know, my ancestors. Wow, this must be really amazing for you to see your ancestors like this unspoiled. And I was like, I was like wow, you, you, that's true, mage person. Um, I don't know. You know, you see this a lot. Even um, a funny thing is in Heroes of the Storm when people type in chat in game as the character they're playing. Uh, like it's sort of a game, you know. Everyone I says, want hey, to see someone do this with Brightwing. Yeah, no, 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 I will. Brightwing is scary. And and the trend is somebody will do it as a joke to see if people play around, right? They'll just type as their as who they're playing. And all it takes is one other person to play along. And suddenly everybody in the group's like, yeah, this is fun. Let's all be who we are. Uh, Like, I'm Illidan for this game. Like, I'm actually Illidan, this sort of thing. And I think it's the same thing in WoW. Like, you just get random people. One person tries. If a second person plays along, everybody's going to play along. If you don't get that second person, it's just not going to happen. It was just really, I never really expected it from, like, random people. Like, I expected it, like, you know, from groups and so forth. You know, everyone gets together for the stated goal of doing it. But surprisingly, a lot of of parties will just go along with it. And it's funny because in terms of RP explanations for absences, I don't play my Torn anymore. And my RP explanation for that is that he basically is heartsick over the direction of the horde and he is just retired from the army and gone home like i parked him i parked him in in, not in thunder bluff i parked him out at cairns memorial uh out near and i just left him there and that's where he is and that's where he's going to be because he just now doesn't help that his guild is gone like it's it's him and like two other people from the guild that i was in back then uh actually the guild you were into yeah um so i just parked him out there and that's where he's sitting my uh I, I race changed, so my Blood Elf Rogue is no longer a Blood Elf Rogue, and she's like a completely different character entirely. And the way that I worked it out in my head was my Blood Elf Rogue had finally had just had enough. Like, the the Siege of Orgrimmar was just yeah. the kind of shock of that happening. was enough. And she kind of threw up her hands and said, you know what? You know what? I like these pandering guys. They know what's what. And they want to live quietly, and I'm going to go live quietly with them. So she went to Half Hill. <laughs> and she's just hanging out on a farm in Half Hill with her cat. <laughs> Who's the crazy pink person? Never mind. Uh, all right, next email is a short one, and I assume has something to do with, yes, with last week's show that I wasn't here for. So uh, this one's from Steven. Uh, hello, quick comment. People were playing on, this, on the, those servers you know, because it was free, not because it was vanilla. Steven, uh, either you want to comment on that before we move on? Alex, go ahead. Uh, well, it's not a question, is my comment. Um, I th- just because there, I don't know, are there people who were playing on vanilla servers because they were free to play? Probably. Uh, is everybody doing it for that reason? No. Uh, how many people would pay for it? I don't know. That's I like... cannot read minds. I was going to say, that's, that's the last reason that i hear from the people that are talking about it and being kind of vocal about it they're mostly talking about they like the old con they like playing the game the way it was and they like 
having the server community the way it was and they like all this other stuff, you know, the way that it was back then, not necessarily because it was free. So Honestly, I, don't, I don't know how uh, accurate that comment really is. There, there are no I'll blanket just, statements that can be made. I'll be, I'll be the guy that comes out and says that anybody who's super nostalgic for vanilla and wants to go back that hard, I'm willing to believe that they are lying. Why? And if you're one of those people, because I played then and I remember so it. Did I. Yeah, and it wasn't that good. I played the original Super Mario Brothers, and I would still play the original Super Mario Brothers, but I know that Super Mario Brothers, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario World are better. I would play all yeah. of them. That's my point, though. It's like when you tell me that, you know, it's got nothing to do with like how free a pirate server is, but it's everything to do with your love of the old game, I have a hard time buying it. It's just maybe it's the cynic in me. I don't okay. know what to tell you. Well, I, we... I've not... We talked yeah, about I, I know you've covered week, it. So. I know you've covered it, so I'm more than willing to move on. But I'm willing to at least say, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with the guy. Uh, but moving on to being called a snowstorm watcher. Hello, snowstorm watcher. Okay. This one's from Blizzard. Dark Bite. Yeah, I got the concept eventually. It wasn't a very cold winter up here, so I'm not like I'm not even thinking about snow at the moment. It's hot. Uh, anyway, I have one question to ask on this lovely day. Well, it is a lovely day, so. In WoW Chronicle, I was reading, you know, about the War of the Ancients, and I noticed, oh God, they left out any mention of two time-traveling oh. humanoids, Ronan and Broxigar. Did Blizzard retcon the War of the Ancients uh, to not include these two characters? That would make a lot of sense uh, overall for the timeline, and it would explain why Taronda wouldn't, you know, stop and say, hey, you're one of those pink fleshy things. That I met 10,000 years ago, just before the, the Sundering, you know, to the human paladin she, you know, she killed in Warcraft 3 or, or something similar when, you know, the orcs invaded, you know, the forests. Hey, aren't you this, you know, some of the green creatures, you know, that we, we have a statue of somewhere? <laughs> His name is Broxigar. Any of you related to him? He was a great orc. Uh, oh, and please stop killing our forest. Uh, also, it would explain why, you know, Broxigar's axe isn't an artifact in Legion. Uh, I think the axe that, you know, poked in the last uh, Titan in the big toe would make a, a great artifact uh, for Warriors. Sincerely, Darkblade. Um, I still say his axe is so lame. First off, we, we actually know full well where his axe is. His it's niece with, has it. Yeah, with his niece. It's made out of wood. I don't want that. <laughs> it's hardwood. It's well, very hardwood. It's, it's magic woods. Come on. Hard magic it's no, sillier, it's no sillier than, you know, this this particular hammer makes an entire exact copy of itself out of lava. Why lava? Eh, it seems like a lava thing. Yeah. So this this mace and then this lava mace that you made a copy of, now you hit people with it. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I think to a certain degree, people have real conceptual problems with time travel. And I don't. Like, I love time travel and I don't have a problem with it. But sitting down and actually explaining to you the idea of timeline A and timeline B and how you can jump from timeline A to timeline B and back. It's there's a reason that, you know, for all that I hate the saying there's a reason that Dr. Who came up with the wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff because it makes it simple. You don't have to sit down and have the 15 minute flow chart explanation. Uh, do people really want to, to, to reconcile all these seeming contradictions? It feels like they do sometimes based on questions we get asked. Like, um, I don't really know how to put it other than to say I don't think that they retconned it. I think it's just not something that got mentioned in Chronicle. I mean, Anne? I have a better explanation. 
It oh. wasn't mentioned in World of Warcraft on Chronicle Volume 1 because Volume 1 covers that time period and Ronin didn't actually come into existence until Day of the Dragon, which will probably be covered in World of Warcraft Chronicle Volume 2. So I'm going to guess that we're going to get the story of that particular trip, maybe like a condensed version of it in the second or third or whatever volume of Chronicle they come out with in the future. You know, either way, in terms of Tyrande not recognizing them, uh, one of the things that you do have to think about is that it has been 10,000 years. And she hasn't spent all 10,000 years thinking about Broxigar. She's had things to do. Uh, she did know Brox. She's the one that actually, uh, when Jared Shadowsong needed to get somebody to look at Brox, it was her that, that he got. That's how she ended up, you know, High Priestess, is through that chain of events. So... You know, it's it's one of the situations where I'm sure she didn't forget him, but it also might not really have mattered to her all that much. For that matter, even when the orcs were attacking, they didn't immediately run to Taranda. It was actually Cenarius who was dealing with them. Now, Cenarius should have recognized Broxigar too while you're at it, but, you know, I don't know what to tell you. If he had and it said, hey, where's Brox? Uh, I don't – well, he, for as far as he knew, Brox was dead. And for it doesn't me, necessarily matter. For, for me, I'm just saying that the events of, of the War of the Ancients came after Day of the Dragon. and Well, I mean, the pre-events for War of the Ancients came after Day of the Dragon. And Day of the Dragon took place after the Second War. So we have a ways no, to go before they even like touch on Ronan and who he was. They couldn't introduce him in Volume 1 because that just wouldn't make any sense. He wasn't there originally. He came there later. So I imagine it's something that they're going to cover in a future volume, probably. Yeah, I, just, I don't think of... it's a retcon. I think it's just it wasn't time to mention him yet because that trip doesn't take place until later. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think the his, like when you're looking at historical chronicles or everything, I think that event just sounds cooler if Ronin and Crassus aren't there and Broxgar isn't there. Like It's a night elf thing. It's night elf in history. Like Leave these weirdos out of it. Are they really yeah. that important to it? Well, they are in the novel series, obviously, but I honestly, I didn't have a problem with it. It doesn't really bother me that they're not mentioned. Um, it, it just, it would have seemed weird if the, you know, when every time I've had to write a KYL about it and I've had to work them into it, I felt really strange. Like, and then the three time travelers showed up. Well, what it feels, <laughs> what it honestly feels like to me is Blizzard went, Hey, we want some novels for the war of the ancients. And the author goes, I created this character in this other book I wrote. Can I use him in here? And they're like, well, uh, it happens 10,000 years ago. And he goes, time travel. And they're like, all right, go ahead, go for it. He doesn't really have a reason to be there. They could have told this War of the Ancient Story just these night elves, but they decided to reuse this protagonist from the they book. They wanted that was a point of entry it. or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, he's just kind of there because they had him already in another book. I also f forgot to mention. Dark Bites um, postscript here. Oh, I was that gnome that drunkenly asked you a question about Chris Pratt being Ronin because of Jurassic World, and I was surprised that you answered it. Well, here you go again, Dark Bite. We'll answer Jeez. just about anything. <laughs> yep. we, we, we answer questions here on the podcast. It's what we do. Um, I guess that pretty much wraps us up, though, for the week, doesn't it? We're pretty close to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Anne? 
Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I've been your host, Matthew Rossi. Thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, it really means a lot to me to get to be on the show every week. So thanks, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.